Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, great. Do you have any special offers on them? Right now, you can get a $10 bonus reward when you buy a pair. Get in zone, Restrictions apply. Offer available to AutoZone Rewards members. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at jwright929 ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, on X, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Uh, good day, Jeffrey. How you hold, How you holding up? We're in week two without any football. It's the NBA All-Star break, so we don't even have, we don't even have NBA right now. We do have, you know, coming up on the NHL trade deadline. I don't know if you've been following along. And they were, you know, their All-Star break was a little earlier. How, how you holding up? Well, if... If yesterday was any indication, watch the 500. Okay. Um, it was kind of a weird finish. Like, it's always the, you know, with restrictor plate racing and at Daytona, the super speedways. Like, you're always going to have a big crash or a couple of crashes down the stretch. I wasn't a fan of it being on Monday. Uh, I, I think it's the classic. I said this when when I did games of the weekend or sporting events of the weekend, whether or not to put that on there. It's like, it always gets rained out on Sunday. It's like, you know, you used yeah. to the stop start. Not always. Feels like more times than not it gets rained out and you, you push it to Monday. Well, then last night, so the same people that did Drive to Survive, Full Swing, what's the tennis one, Breakpoint? Yeah. They've done a NASCAR one, Full okay. Speed. Oh, Full Speed. Pretty good watch. <laughs> How did they come up with these title format? The title I don't know. Format. They seem to be big fans of two words. <laughs> yeah, two words. Like, we want a two word, like what's something in this sport? Um, okay, so maybe that's worth watching. I, I I did see Drive to Survive has its new season coming up soon. Yeah, I mean that starts what the F. It's, it's usually the it's usually of March. I think 
F one, I think first like March third or something. So it's usually right. It usually corresponds with the opening. So we're in that. I I went through this many a many a winter. The there is I listen. I have nothing against auto racing, but there's always. It felt like every other year I'd go through like a three week, four week span. Where I'd be like, I'm going to get into NASCAR. I did it during the pandemic. That's the last time I'd done it. So I'm going to get into NASCAR, and then I just can't get into it. The one of the one of the main guys is an iRacer. Okay. And he's like hot on the scene. It's fine. I I, I just have had trouble over the years the getting prob- into NASCAR. The problem with NASCAR is I want to. I want to like it. The problem with NASCAR is you start with the 500 and everyone's kind of geeked cuz it's your big mm-hmm. event. And then it just becomes such a drag of a season. Like the, it just goes forever. I mean, what? <laughs> the I feel like the playoffs aren't even until like October. Yeah, it's like the fall. Yeah. It's like the MLS. It's like the MLS season too. And now, like with golf, I just can't get into it right now. And this mm. is usually this is usually one of my favorite times of the year. The West Coast Swing. Mm. It's just not can't the same. Even, can't even get in. You're get, really starting to feel. We we went on this temporary high when they when Liv split off from the yeah. PGA Tour because of the whole just the controversy and yeah. the drama. And now that like, it feels like everyone's just tired, and now you're really starting to feel the effects. And you're really starting to feel like Rom's not there. Like, you know, mm. DJ's not there. Bryson's not there. Like, he. Well, have no fear, Jeffrey. Every Monday, Penny Hardaway does a radio show. Ooh, and he, uh, he, you know, right now, in the midst of a crisis for his program, you know. <laughs> It's always he's always got something he's got something interesting to say no matter no matter what you think about it. I think that's more than fair. He is he is unlike anyone else, and he uh, it's Tell the Truth Tuesday, and what perfect timing because he spent Monday night telling his truth, mm-hmm. really kind of embracing the motto of this show, telling his story. Yes, uh, it's his radio show. That's yeah. I think that's like that's the smart the format. Thing. Yes. that's like the smart. That's if you're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You know, as we've shown, do it on your radio show. Especially with a comfy live audience. <laughs> uh, so we're going to dive into everything Penny Hardaway said last night in the aftermath of the SMU game and with tomorrow night's game against Charlotte at FedEx Forum on tap. Um, it's a, you know, obviously it's a big focal point, especially right now with the Grizzlies off till Friday uh, during the All-Star break. Uh, 240 or so, Tim Murray from VSIN will join us. Get his thoughts on college hoops. Um, it does seem like, Jeffrey, we're getting... I mean, like, UConn and Purdue feel like they've kind of separated themselves from the pack a I'd little bit. i put Houston in there. Houston? Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Houston- uh, and I'm still... I'm going to be on record. I told Cobb this, even though he tried to talk me out of it. Uh, Purdue's in the zone of, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, you're still there. Like To me, Sunday was the perfect I, I will example. say, as someone who was there in yeah. person, courtside for the Fairleigh Dickinson game, it's hard to get that thought out of my head. And I understand this team is different, but I actually thought Sunday was the perfect example. Ohio State, fresh off of fire and Chris Holtman. There was a great moment, Mark, whenever they would show the whenever they would show the sideline, like cut mm-hmm. to the sideline. What's the guy, the assistant who's now we Wibbler, Weebler, the the guy the Diebler. Diebler. There were always these like reaction shots of like mass confusion on the bench because in reality it's like He's the interim, mm-hmm. but you can tell that like they don't know who's in charge. Yeah, and like you, you just one time another assistant basically like, tries to tackle him. Tell him. We don't have any timeouts left. Like it was yeah. just mad. It, it was entertaining to watch. But I feel like Purdue losing that game just like it's it's all the it's all the energy I need to like. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to pay to see that see yeah. that through. 
But I, I do you're feel right. like Houston's in that mix yeah. too. They've looked really good in the Big Twelve. Um, so you've got those three. I'll be curious what Tim thinks about how this is all developing as we uh, are fast approaching March, February twentieth, uh, three o'clock or so. We will get into the list. Uh, our college football playoff for the next two years has been officially approved. Jeffrey, um, Doc Rivers, mm-hmm. and JJ, or J, excuse me, I should say JJ Reddick is now calling out Doc Rivers, and now Pat Beverly in response has called out JJ Reddick. So we've got we've got a we've got a uh, a take triangle, if mm. you will, uh, going on through. It's like. Through podcast, through each say, player's podcast. Only two of those guys have podcasts. Yeah, but it's but it's all happening through their podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a truly 2024 story for us to go through in the list. Uh, also, Gino Oriema topped your boy Coach K for uh, career yeah, wins. Uh, we're we're going to talk about it. There's something that's grinding my gears on that. Okay, and then uh, maybe we'll wrap things up. ESPN came up with an came out with an up updated NBA mock draft. So. Interesting to see who they've got slotted for the Grizzlies. And also, is David Jones listed on there? We'll dive into it next hour. So, lots to get to today, Jeffrey. But let's start with Penny Hardaway uh, and his appearance on his own radio show last night in the aftermath of the embarrassing loss to SMU. Um, and he, uh, you know, he, he, he came in apparently, Jeffrey, at Brookhaven, came into a standing O from the fan. It was a packed okay. house. Um, and and he pointed out as he walked in, um, Jeffrey, that, as he put it, um, this is what real Tiger fans look like. It's not great right now, but there's still time to turn it around. And I thought that was appropriate in retrospect, given what then ensued over, I think it was like 15, 20 minutes, you know, the last half of the show. Um, Jeffrey, I, I really felt like there's been a lot of focus on one or two quotes from this, but I think when you really digest it all and you take in what was said last night by Penny Hardaway, we basically got, like, he went on tour and played the greatest hits. Yeah. It was like it was like you were going to see, like, uh, you know, you're going to see Metallica or you're going to see, uh, you know, Eminem. Or I, uh, you know, like, I and would, they just play. You know, they play the stuff no, you remember. It's it's the stuff when, that made you fall in love with them. It's the we see it more and more frequently now. But it's the classic, the band that broke up. Yeah. But then somebody got a divorce. Yeah. And then the side projects didn't the really. The Eagles hit. started it. They, they, you know, the, the Eagles started. We we still hate each yeah. other, but there's but a lot of money to be made still, here. Pink Floyd's a big one. Like yeah. apparently they can't stand <laughs> each other. Like, but the for me it's like. Whenever Tom stops chasing aliens for Blink-182, mm-hmm. eventually the whole guys get back together and they do like mm-hmm. a big reunion tour. That's what we saw last night. Like, yep. they've got some new music coming out. Maybe. Wink, wink. You know what I mean? <laughs> but really, like, we're here, to, we're here to hear the same 20 songs. Yes. And that's what I felt like we saw last night from Penny. Because I actually, I think everything he said last night, including the comment that's drawing the most attention, and we'll, we'll get it, to it here in a second. I think he said some version of it at various points over the last six years. Um, and so, do you want me to go through the different quotes I picked out of out of this radio show? Well, I wanted to start first with the, the first thing uh, that you just mentioned. All right, let's so go with the with, big one. So, the big the one... No, 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 that, I wanted to go to the real Tiger fans and, oh, yes. and still time to turn around. Yes. I wanted to start there. Yeah, so, he, yeah. 
This is what real Tiger fans look like. It's not It's not great right now, but there's still time to turn it around. All right, so we've got the free space on the bingo card, right? Mm-hmm. This is what real fans look like? Yep. That's yep. A, that's always a free space. Yep. This is what, this is, you know, either with mm-hmm. us or you're against us. Mm-hmm. That's a free space. But I, w- I will point an important, an important, at least at this point, he didn't denigrate the fans that, He's he just saying these are real Tiger fans. I, I would not say. Yeah, but it implies if there, you're not, there's bad Tiger yeah, fans. Yeah, it implies the okay. other ones are not. All right. But again, so be it. I just I would argue that's a free space okay. on on disgruntled Coach Bingo. Yep. I want to focus on the still time to turn it around. Mm-hmm. If they go undefeated, are they in? No, but if they win the conference tournament, like I think that. But if they win. <sighs> They'd be like, they'd be like, as I said from the get go, if they went five and two over the last seven and they're zero and two right now to start that off, I, I think they would be like, you'd be sweating bullets. You you might be in, but if there's a pretty good chance you'd still be out if you didn't win the conference tournament. I think. So, I'm very curious about that because I do think what what the Tigers are running into is. They have now spent so much time falling out of the public consciousness. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if like ripping off five straight would do it. Maybe, but you also fall into that weird category. I mean, the reality is, the biggest issue now is like beating Florida Atlantic is not going to be seen as that big of a feat, especially if you were to sweep Florida Atlantic. Given the narrative about them right now, which is they're not as bi- they're not they're not f- cratering like the Tigers are, but they have very clearly not navigated AAC play as seamlessly as you expected. And they're at the point where if they lose more than a game or like a game here down the stretch, they might not make the tournament if they don't win it out. Well, we we talked about this last week when we were but so if saying if, what Memphis's resume would look like. They have two bomb losses. But if Memphis were to beat them two times... Yeah, you're in that weird, that weird reality of... Things that you need to, bo- to boost your resume, it's like you get penalized for beating And them. that's why my gut would tell me, I mean, you'd be, they'd be right, if they were to win that and then not get the automatic bid, but like make the championship game, you'd be literally going into selections. You'd still be playing that championship game thinking in your head, if we don't win this, we might not get in, I think. It, that's just the reality right now. Yeah, and that, that that's the other problem is, but they I, can I know still every, win the tournament. Like, okay, here's but, what I will but, say. But here's what here would be my argument on they could win the tournament. I don't have a problem with that because when you look at the league, there's no one that you go, they can't beat them. I, I'll now, say I also look at the league and just about anyone, I go, well, they can't lose. Well, them. The reality is the team that showed up on Sunday, it, it, even if they play better than that, if, like, the team is, like, whatever, going through the motions by and large, I mean, like, obviously it's not going to happen. Like, I... I would not predict any of this right <laughs> at this but point. This is my larger point. My gut a- tells me this team is going to ultimately, they're not going to totally crater, but they've done too much damage to get it back, you know, get back to where they need to be. I guess the way I would look at it is with the conference tournament, I do agree that it's wide open, mm-hmm. but I would be very surprised if whoever ends up winning it mm-hmm. isn't from one of the four buys. And that's where they're in awkward territory. That's where you need to win five in a row. It's not not even win five in a row to get back in the tournament mix. It's five in a row to make sure you only have to play three games to win the championship. And obviously there's there's ball left to be played. But when you look at the standings right now and you look where everybody is, what would I have what would you have what kind of odds would you have given me if preseason you're saying I'm not gonna tell you who's gonna win the league, 
regular season. I mean, the reality is South Florida you, is leading the league, and they were picked 13th right. in the preseason. <laughs> like, it's a cra- and Charlotte is in second, and I'm pretty sure they were picked 14th. So, what kind of odds would you have given me if to say, I'm not telling you who's going to win, but I'm telling you. Maybe that- they were 12th. I think UTSA was picked last. If it would have been Memphis and FAU versus the field, I think that would have been like even money. Yes. And I'm sorry, in Memphis, I beg your pardon. Memphis and FAU yeah, yeah, versus yeah, the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah. That would have been even money. And there's five games left, sure, but it looks like that's going to be the case right now is that they're not going to win the league. Regular season. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh it's been a wild league year and my if I had to guess today I would bet you the AAC is a one-bid league. I think so. The one thing I am... The one thing is if Florida Atlantic wins its, wins out but doesn't win the conference tournament, then you could have two-bid league. That's all I, I'm, I'm open to the idea SMU's resume is starting to beef up a little bit, but to yeah, me it's SMU like, is an ally, if I, I guess. If maybe. I'm the league right now, like I think I'm rooting for like SMU or USF yeah. to win the, the tournament. And like FAU to yes. win at large, yeah. Because yeah. I do think you're right. I think if, if FAU winds up winning the tournament, I think it could be one bid league. Yeah. Yeah. And that would not that would not be that would not be good moving forward All right, in the continue. first year. All right. So then more greatest hits. All right. This is he was talking about, you know, who's gonna play against Charlotte now, given everything that's happened and everything that was said. Um and he said this if you see the guys on the floor on Wednesday, those are the guys that are bought in. So only only the guys who are bought in are going to play. He went on to say, "There's no true leader uh, like Alo was or DeAndre was, and DeAndre wasn't from here, but he definitely loved the city of Memphis, and he played that way. And these new guys haven't really taken on that attitude of really playing for the city the way that DeAndre and Kendrick did as well. So that's what we're battling right now. So right there, we had only the guys who are bought in are going to play, and only the you know we don't have guy the guys the guys don't." Uh, Love the city of Memphis. Those those are tried and true penny yeah. like you know go tos of hey this is what's wrong. Well, like no, we haven't we've heard that many times in the past. Even with those teams featuring Alo and DeAndre to try and challenge them and and motivate them. No, it, it's it's where I've really struggled. It's like what is what is the team identity? And it's almost like it's like playing for the city. It's like well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Well, I think you know what it means. I just don't I think none of these guys know what it means. That's what he's kind of saying. And like you can again turn that on him and like you 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 know, ultimately um you know, he has not gotten across what he intended to get across with these guys. Um and then uh how we went this we come then we combine the two into one quote, Jeffrey. So this is this is like, you know, we went if we're to go with the Eagles uh Eagles uh, reunion, exam, tour, yeah. reunion tour. We've got Hell Freezes yeah, Over Tour. Yeah, Hell yeah. Freezes Over Tour. We've gotten like Hotel California. I don't know. Yeah, Hotel California. We played Hotel California. Yeah, yet? but we but we mixed it up. We did the mm. the everyone standing. It's like the six and a half minute version, but it's acoustic. Mm. Yeah, it, this might be someone whose dad the, owned Desperado's the been played already. You know, there's desperate times. Desperate? No, Desperado was closer. Come on, bro. Uh, okay, there you go. Um, we played. We played Life in the Fast Lane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guys that are going to play now, there has to be a care factor about the city and the school. There has to be. There has to be going out there on the court and leaving it on the line. People get up in arms about how many guys I play. Well, the six or seven guys that are in the rotation usually are the guys that aren't rebounding and aren't really the best defenders. So now you got to choose offense or defense. So there we've got both a combination, Jeffrey, of you got, you know, we're only going to play guys who are, you know, really care about the city. 
Yeah. There's care factor. I like the care factor. That's a that's a Taylor Jenkinsism. Feels like I know other coaches use it, but he's a big care factor guy. Yeah. Um. And uh, and then we got. Well, I would and, also like to argue implied in that one mm-hmm. is also uh, the classic. Uh, you guys get on to me, but here's why. You know what I mean? Like, well, you, and, you, and and I actually thought of all the answers over the years he's given about his rotation, that one seems to make the most sense, right? Um, like. Yeah, the problem is we've seen it, like yeah, no, no, it, the answer changes yeah, over time, exactly. you know. But like that one actually isn't a bad answer, you know. He's saying like basically the guys, the guys who are in there. The reason I'm making so many quick hooks is these guys aren't doing what I'm saying, to, telling them to do. Um, so that that seems reasonable enough. Um, it does, but there's also the argument. It's like okay, well, if- oh, he went on. I forgot to add this part. And right now we want to go to war. We want to fight every possession. If these guys aren't doing it, you got to bring guys in off the bench that are going to do it. And so, that, and I think but, that's where the team is. But like to me, like that's contradictory. Like in the end, it's like, well, it's also two weeks ago he said he needed to get it down to seven or eight guys. Right. And so, unfortunately, <laughs> here we are. That's where this team is. All right. Here's the big one, Jeffrey. This is this is like the the biggest moment of the concert if we're going greatest hits here because he doesn't pull this one out all the time. So this is this isn't the encore, like, like yeah, like or is no, this the- encore? He does every, you know, the, you do like the the you know encore is kind of like the to me like the thing he the thing he does the most is going with the like you got to have pride for the city, you got to yeah, play okay, for the so city. This That's is like, the this is the fanfare or the, this is the fan favorite. This is what every fan that only makes it into the set list every every three uh, every three. Like concerts. He doesn't pull this one out all the time, and so and he pulled it out last night. He's pulled it off in the pulled it out in the past. Make no mistake. This about is that. something corporate playing Constantine. Um, I knew when I got this job that I was going to be a target. I get a lot of negativity. If we win ten in a row and I lose one, it's going to be the biggest loss in the history of the game. But I understand that. I understood that coming into this. It'll never change who I am and what I'm doing and how I approach every moment as the Tigers coach. Went on to say, I work harder than any coach. I'll always say that. I grind and I put us in position to win every single night. I can't get out on the get get out on the court and play as well. It, so, oh boy, there's a lot there. So there's to me, it's like two things. One, it's the the target thing. He's a target, and he feels like he's getting unjust negativity. We've heard that before. Just not, we don't hear it all the time. And then he follows it up with the. I work harder than any coach. I'll always say that, and he has said that in the past. And then I put us in, and then this is like, you know, this is Hotel California. I put us in position to win every single night. But it comes with the added, we don't usually hear this part. I can't go out on on the court and play as well. We don't usually get the reference to, you know, listen, like these guys aren't as good as me. Yeah. But we sometimes do. Yeah. It's still the, it's still the, in the same vein as we had a really good plan. Yes, the game plan was perfect. Yes, it's it's in that ultimately it's in the yes it's, it's in, that, in that same. If we vein, were to, if yeah. we were to have like uh, filing cabinets of yeah. like penny press conferences, it would fall. Yeah, it would fall under that filing cabinet. The uh, we I had them prepared to play, and we just didn't execute it. File right, and like that's I don't know that one's always lost on me because it's like if if they couldn't execute said game plan, the game plan wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I'm sorry to be too results based, but it's like there's there's that element. The one thing that I think is interesting is the target. So, I do think nationally, 
Mm-hmm. And I would even argue amongst rival fan bases in like low, you know what I mean? Like, yes, his celebrity he, makes he, him a target. Correct. And now that works both ways. Yes, I think he gets he gets some some people give him the benefit of the doubt because of right. his celebrity, you know, because of his celebrity status. Right. I do think that makes him a target amongst college basketball as a whole. I do not well, think to your th- point, like Seth Davis this weekend, pretty prominent national college basketball voice, tweets out after the game, you know, everyone's you know, that 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 game was such a blowout on Sunday that, you know, the uh, the, takes few, gonna, yeah. the few national people who cover college basketball regularly it, 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 it entered their radar that like Memphis is self combusting here. If you if you if you root for a bad NFL team like yours truly, you dread the national game because the takes start flying mm-hmm. from everywhere. And you're like, just put me at noon on. But even know. if they had lost close to SMU, it probably doesn't register nationally. It was that they got blown out and like you know yeah. looked kind of it just looked like oh this is really collapsing on yeah. him and. To your point of, like, he's a target nationally, like, Seth Davis called Memphis, I think, like, the most disappointing team in the country or something like that because of what's happened. And I agree with him that they are disappointing given what's happened. But, like, come on. They're not the most – like, my Michigan Wolverines are far more disappointing. They're awful. They're going to fire their coach, but maybe. Well, I mean, like, maybe Arkansas not. is incredibly disappointing. Yeah, Arkansas, Missouri, Missouri is hasn't won an SEC game. Um, I mean, to a certain degree, Gonzaga – it, maybe it's most disappointing because they actually in the season showed promise to be like a good, te- you know, a g- good team. Whereas you know, Arkansas, Michigan were bad from the start, basically. I guess, I, but I still would rather have Mich- Memphis's season than Arkansas or Michigan's season. Oh, hundred percent. You know, like at least there was some joy uh, at the beginning. And so, that, to your point, though, I think part of that is you know you get some of that over the topness. I mean, like, listen. Jeff Goodman's like, you know, a good, you know, I have no issue personally with Jeff Goodman, but he very clearly, like, if if they had a different coach, he wouldn't talk about Memphis as much. Yeah, I think, well, see, that's always interesting to me because I think what Goodman is, Goodman, well, he's going after the, like, it's the passion, it's maybe it's it's the a, passion it's a, it's of a, the fan it's base. It's a fan base yeah, that right. is very reactive. Yeah, the, you're right. You're right. Um, I think that's fair. Um, nonetheless, I think I think you're right though to your point of he might be a bigger target nationally because but I like, like I even think about like Kentucky fans love rubbing it in his face you know what yeah. I mean? like, forget like the obvious like when Tennessee fans will always make the jokes but yeah. it's like Kentucky comes in from the clouds yeah it it, it it invites it invites a wider audience well you get a lot of the the national narrative is always it try it's like it doesn't matter what happens in the game. It's, oh, uh, yeah, that's what happens when you hire an AAU coach. You know, like, you get that sort of refrain or whatever. And, again, like, I think I think he's right that Nashley's target. Lo- but I think, I, maybe he, and that's maybe what he's referencing there. I think locally, I don't really view, I, I think, I mean, if we're being totally honest, if his name was anything but Penny Hardaway, I think people would be harder on him right now. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I know it's not a pure apples-to-apples comparison, but at this point, People were way harder on Josh. Um, year six would have been, this would have been the first year you missed the tournament, the tournament after yeah, four, four straight. straight years. Yeah, and I mean, like, right now, like, I think they have, like, I don't know how to compare their resumes. Like, I think Penny has more big wins than Josh had during the regular season. But, like, if we're if we're saying this is a, 
results business and, you know, like you're judged on what you do in the tournament. Like Josh didn't do a lot, but like he did make four straight NCAA tournaments ultimately by year six. Yeah, Josh went two and four. So I I looked this all up for Jeff this morning. The thing that was interesting to me is that when you look at the coach, the last Memphis coaches that got six years, Josh, Dana, Kirk, and Cal Mm -hmm. through six years. And Larry. Yes, but I'm, I'm saying there's five. Okay. So Larry is the – but uh, the point mm-hmm. that I was making is Josh, Dana, Kirk, and Cal through six years had almost identical win percentages. They were both like – they were all like 71.4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they all had multiple tournament wins. The thing that was striking is that the career resumes that look the most similar are Penny and Larry Finch, but the key difference is – Larry had the one the run, run, the Elite Eight run. And he had a Sweet 16 run, too. Yeah, but it's, the, I think one of the years was a Sweet... Or maybe that was Dana. The Like, Dana has a, multiple Sweet 16s, but it was like years where you only had to win one game. Gotcha. They, it's the classic before the 64 yeah. and whatnot. Well, the and the, it's, it goes back to the point I made yesterday of how would we think about this if, like, the tournament had gone a little differently last year? You know, like, it, it real, like part of... Like, listen, what Penny did said last night, like, again, like, I don't agree with much of what he said, but, like, he's not the only coach who does, says stuff like that. Rick Pitino's doing it right now. I like, know. I know no. Rick Pitino's in his first year, but he's also, like, no. a legendary coach. Rick pulled up Mickelson today. What? You- I'm sorry he took it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't. No, he, I give him credit. He did. They, the New York media crushed him and then gave him a chance to walk it back. And I think he made the right call. Saying to the New York media, no, I don't walk any of it back. Like, if you believe Yeah, but he also said, like, I didn't call anyone out. Yeah, so he, no, like, he, he, he told his story. But it's like he, he literally singled out players by name. Yeah, but, you know, he wanted... But then he explained. He wanted them to read... He, he wanted them to read what he had to say. He hadn't given up on the season, yeah, yeah, Jeffrey. Uh-huh. He, had re- he wanted them to read what he had to say. No, no I, I, <laughs> I fully agree. Like, Listen, all of this I, is this like... Has from, always been, this has always been my... It doesn't matter how famous you are. Coaches are sore losers. Yeah, like, like I they, don't. They just it, are, and they, you know, like, you know, the, if they come off ex, as excuses, I, I got they are kind of excuses, but that's what like every coach does. Yes, <laughs> you know, well, like not every, but a, a, most of them, a lot, a yeah. large portion of them, most of them. You gotta, you know, you gotta try and spin it, and like, you know, ultimately, I think he is going to be, you know, like he is going to be judged. To me, the judgment will come this offseason on what the heck's happened here. I guess That's the, when we're going to really see we're, what if, if, if there was any r- true ramifications. If we're using the, your example, though, because I do think it's interesting about how, because we talked about it briefly yesterday, how the the tournament performance really clouded. It was a really good year. Yeah. Like, was it the greatest year? No, no. But it was a really good year. Yeah. You never lost consecutive games. Yeah, Houston wins the league. You won the league. You got tournament. a big moment yeah. winning the conference tournament yeah. for you know, and then. But I guess what makes it difficult for me is, I'm not sure. Like, let's say they beat FAU, and mm-hmm. then they beat Fairleigh Dickinson. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, you're set up with a Sweet 16 game against Tennessee in the Garden. In the Garden, and if you win that, Penny could have literally walked back to campus, yeah, and having people like essentially yeah. carry him back, yeah. What I think would be different, and the reason why I mention all of that is I'm not convinced that he would have this same roster if that situation mm. occurs. 
Yeah. Because if you think back to last year, right after right after the tournament when they're trying to get the transfers, it was a lot of swings and misses. Mm-hmm. And then you started to hear behind the scenes, money's not there. And then Penny corrected it. Yeah. We, had, we had some come on over to the house. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there were some... I'm sure there were some heart heart to heart dinners. Yeah. And all of a sudden it got back on track. I don't think that would have occurred if they honestly probably if they just beat FAU and then beat FDU. Yeah. At that point you're I don't Why think he's having good. So I think the bigger problem is this isn't even really the roster he wanted. This was like the best he could do. Mm-hmm. Circumstantially, but I, and I think talent wise, it's I still think talent wise are a pretty good team. You hear other coaches talking about how good they are. It's just the personalities and the you know the agendas did obviously did not mesh. And and I think you can again if you're if you're trying to you know like ultimately like Penny does need to face the music on some of that ultimately. And like who knows maybe he is behind the scenes and he's just saying this. The one thing I would point out is the thing that this is what it goes back to of. To me, what's really important is what happens after all this ends. Like, even if they get, let's say they get it together. Let's say they go on some run and make the tournament. That won't change at this point how, like, much of a collapse they went through here over the last month and things that need to probably be addressed in some form or fashion. Um, and yeah, it's the class where the final counted 30% and you, you were able to make up for... Like, when Patrick Ewing took Georgetown to the NCAA tournament correct. that one year, it didn't correct... Yeah, like gave you gave you this temporary high and made you forget some of the things that went wrong. But like ultimately, if you didn't fix structurally what was wrong, like well, it, can lead to, up, it can lead to longer term issues. Yeah, and they were terrible, and they're still paying the price from the you know from all that. And and Penny's been a much better coach than Patrick Ewing. But the thing that I would say would be concerning about the comments last night is more just will. Will he? What lessons will he take from this season? How will he adapt the program to what he experienced this season? I don't know the answer to that yet. Exactly, um, I'm not sure Penny does yet. But the one thing I guess, if you're concerned about the comments, is like the comments suggest he more views this as like you know, listen, I just put a you know this roster just didn't mix together, and if that hopefully that's the right diagnosis. But if you're someone who thinks it's more than that, then I think you would be concer- maybe a little concerned by the comments. Because- yeah, I think I think the way that I would the way that I would bottom line it is, oftentimes when you reach this point, mm-hmm. there either becomes like a soul searching process and we've got to make changes, or there's a defiance slash digging in. However you wanted to describe it, and what would concern me right now is this sounds like digging in. Now it's entirely possible that this is just what we've talked about. He'll change his tune just what he thinks to get through the week. Yes. And what his team needs to hear. And, and so, that's why, like, again, I'm not, like, all that concerned. Like, this was greatest hits. This wasn't like he was saying anything shocking or new. This is all stuff over the last six years he has said in some form or fashion at various points in various seasons. And, you know, I guess you could say that's part of the problem is, like, ultimately we're just going through this over and over and over again. Okay. And uh, nothing is truly foundationally changing. Now, it felt like we were really close to that with the way last year went and then the way this year started. Didn't it feel like it felt like there for a moment? Man, like he's really close. Yeah, and I like, mean, it's, it, it, it's been the hardest thing to square this year is how the same team 
that was ready to go to start the season mm-hmm. against a pretty tough non-conference schedule. Like, we can nitpick of, like, was it as tough as it looked on paper? No, but it's also, like, I'm sorry, if you can't sit there and say this team looks drastically different I mean, when you watch them play. After that Virginia game, I was like, well, did you see Virginia last night? Yeah. <laughs> but still, I mean, they they beat Virginia as bad as, I mean, I guess Virginia maybe got beat worse yeah, last I mean, night by Virginia Tech. But still, after that game, you could have, if, if you had told me, man, this might, this is a Final Four team, I would have been like, maybe, yeah. Like, after that, that, that night, after they went and just dominated UVA, I was like, maybe. And, like, it's crazy to think two months later, that team isn't even going to participate in the NCAA tournament, more than likely. No, I mean, the, the, Mark, they're, they're a limping finish away from maybe not being an NIT team. Well, that, that'll be interesting if they want to play that. Because I don't even know if they could host a game be, at FedEx Forum because the NCAA tournament's here. Oh, yeah. You know, and, like, yeah. do you want you want to play an NIT game at El Marone or something? Or or Lander the, Center or, or on the road? road? Like, yeah. With the, you know, we'll see. Depends what the finish is like. But, uh, and, and like, do they, get, do they get overtime on those NIL deals? You know, like. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Have they already gotten the last paycheck? Yeah, because that's. The team that showed up against SMU on Sunday looked like a paycheck team. Yeah, that <laughs> they no, just went playing for the paycheck. Well, that also looked like a team that was like, I'm, I'm literally am cashing my last one. You know what I mean? Like, I, yep, yep, yeah. So, um, interesting stuff. We'll see uh, what team shows up tomorrow when the Tigers take on Charlotte. When we come back, we'll talk more college hoops with Tim Murray of Veasan. Is Me- who's the most disappointing team in the country? We were diving into that. We don't think it's Memphis. Who is the most disappointing team in the country? We'll get his thoughts on everything college basketball when we return. You're listening to Giannotto and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm ESPN. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Tim Murray is the host of VSIN Primetime, airing weeknights 5 until 8 locally. You can also check out the VSIN College Football and College Basketball Betting Podcast. Download, like, subscribe. You know the drill. Follow him on Twitter, on X, at 1TimMurray. So, Tim, of course, we're we're compartmentalizing or we're at least trying to contextualize what's happening to, to Tiger basketball this year after a 15-2 and two start. They're now sitting here at 18-8. and eight. Mark made reference to Seth Davis on Sunday said Memphis is the most disappointing team in college basketball. Like might be the most disappointing. You know, like singled them out as maybe the most disappointing team in college basketball. What do you think about that? Felt like a little over the top. Yeah, that's a bit that's a bit They've strong. been disappointing. Don't think, get me wrong. Big disappointing. I think to say that you have to include there has to be some type of distinction of after the start. Like they've right. been one of the most disappointing teams in conference play. Like I can I can maybe go along with that, but I mean, this was a team that was top ten in the country. Correct, they were fifteen and two. Yeah. So I think if you're looking at it from that standpoint of where they are right now, uh, yeah, I mean that. Then yeah, you can make an argument, but for full body of work, I mean, they still have a chance. Probably won't, but they still have a chance. Michigan is a horrendous disappointment. Yes. I mean, Arkansas. They're, they're god awful. Like, yeah, Arkansas beat Duke. Uh, Ohio State pre-season. just fired their coach. Like, you know, let's Missouri I'm, hasn't I'm, won a league game, right? So Memphis I, I'm not, beat them. I'm not here to defend Memphis, and I actually was just looking it up before jumping on with you guys because it's it's been a dreadful conference season, as you guys well know. I mean, Memphis is one of the worst cover teams. Yes, in the country I, 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 in conference me, play, I've made reference to this before. Everyone's they like, are two and eleven ATS in the AAC. Two and eleven, and guess who is not that much better? Florida Atlantic, FAU. Now they find ways to win these games, but FAU has been a really fascinating team from a from a gambling standpoint because they have been massively overvalued in the betting market because of their run to the Final Four and the fact that they beat Arizona earlier this year on a neutral. So they've kind of come down to earth, and I think it's a little bit of a combination of they're overrated in the eyes of odds makers. They're going to have that target on their back every time they play a team in the American Athletic Conference. I mean, look at USF. I mean, when was the last time, if ever, you saw an arena like that for USF basketball? And then on the flip side, sticking in that conference, USF, they're 10-0-3 against the spread in the American Athletic Conference. I think, I told Mark this, I can't remember if I said it on the air or not, I think USF might have made too good of a hire. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to lose them pretty quick, probably. They should have hired Mike Bray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have should have gone with the retread. He, he a retread to get, stays there this five is, years. This is what happens when you hire too good of a candidate. 
<laughs> You're absolutely right, though. Uh, Amir Abdul-Rahim has, did an incredible job at Kennesaw State. And now, I mean, South Florida. Couldn't I you see were... Louisville whiffing on a couple oh, guys yes. and then going and hiring him? <laughs> well, here's, here's, the, here's the interesting question. I, I, think, um, I think it was brought up on... I think it was Norlander's podcast or something like that. But if you're Shout Indiana, if you're Indiana, you got to fire Mike Woodson. Mm. Like you, you have to do it because this, here's what they this time they'll get it right. Here's how they here's how they played it out or laid it out. Right, Dusty May, head coach of FAU, is not going to be at FAU next year. Right, it, uh, almost yeah. assuredly. You know. He he struck while the he will he will strike while the iron's hot. Majority of his guys came back. They're going to more than likely make the NCAA tournament again, uh, and then all those players are going to leave. And there's jobs like Louisville, Ohio State, both open. And he's you know an Indiana guy. And if you're Indiana, what do you do? Do you walk into next year and say, "Hey, our head coach is on the hot seat." Or do you say, you know what? He's 65 years old. We suck right now. Let's just fire him and go get Dusty May. And then, you know, like you said, I don't know if it's the right hire, but he's an Indiana guy, and that's probably his dream job. Um, instead of having him go to Louisville or, or Ohio State uh, out of the shoot. Yeah, I think the one thing I'm struggling with, and I've, I think I've maybe told you about this, like, I am curious to know. Like, I'm watching over the next five years in this era of complete roster turnover year after year after year. Like, I am just wondering, is there just going to be, there's bad years. Like, Gonzaga right now, I mean, they're outside, they would be outside the tournament. Would you have ever thought that was possible with, with Mike Few or with Mark Few still being no. there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they could finish. They haven't missed, they haven't missed the NCAA tournament in this century. Yeah. I mean, hell, until a little while ago, UCLA, you know, UCLA got hot here the last 10 games. They, you know, there's, and, it's been wacky. Their, uh, and then their leading scorer decided to throat chop someone at, mid, at the center court on Sunday. He just yeah. ran, in, Muscle, he ran into Musselman his seemed like he could do no wrong in the transfer portal, and then he had a bad year. He got a bad batch. That's it, how I kind of look at it. It's like a, ba- by the way, like a I, bad I just batch. Wanna, I want to go back to the question that you asked okay. of biggest disappointments. Yeah. Okay. Arkansas was preseason 14th. Yeah, Miami was preseason thirteenth, and uh, USC was preseason twenty first. Yeah, USC low key. Oh, they're all of those, been covering them up. All of those are far more disappointing than Memphis. Who, but to your point, I think from where they were at the peak of this of the non con and the stretch that they had, and now to be at the spot that they're in. I would agree. It's been massively disappointing. But this is a team that had a stretch who beat VCU in overtime who, okay, probably not a tournament team, but solid A-10 squad. You beat them on the road. Texas A&M, tournament team. Clemson, tournament team. UVA, even though they didn't look at last night, tournament team. So, I mean, that, that's a hell of a stretch there in the middle of December yeah. for Memphis. No, it's... It's just, that's Which might be so, all for not because now they're eighteen and eight and they've lost six conferences. Well, that's what's so bizarre about it. They looked so good, and like Penny has basically now characterized it as two teams. He's coached two different teams this year, um, you know, based on different factors, and it's just been, it's been really honestly the way it's played out is about as frustrating as a way a season can play out because they gave you that little taste of what Ooh, they could they, be. That was some pretty good foreplay, you know, yeah. and then and then oh, it's yeah. like. 
oh my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it all ended way, way too fast. Yeah, as usual. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's been, it's been, I don't know. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been rough. What do you make of this college basketball season? We were just pointing, we were talking before the show. You look at the AP poll, there are only three teams in the AP poll, the top 25 poll, with fewer than, I think, three or fewer losses. And it's those three at the top. Um, uh, UConn, kinda, Houston, and Purdue. Loving, I'm kind of loving this 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 year, to be honest. Uh, By the way, can know, I guess? Can I guess a Tim Murray special tonight? No, oh, you know it, baby. You are on the Jays. Blue Jays, you are baby. On the Jays. Oh, I great. knew it. What, who's Creighton oh. playing? They're playing UConn. UConn. Oh. And, and let me tell you what side the boy is on. The kid. That is so insulting. I only have to lay three. Do you know what happens when a Husky and a Blue Jay get into a fight? <laughs> By the way, also, how many times are you going to bet against UConn? Like, at some point, like, are you, you're just trying to get the scalp, aren't you? I just All I know is that John Rothstein's out there tweeting that uh, he talked to Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart said this is the best UConn team he's ever seen. Uh, they're going to repeat. Gassing I'm like, oh, up. yeah. Lather it all up, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, look, I, I walked into – it was one of those spots on uh, on Saturday where I, I took the points with Marquette, and it just – it felt like, oh, man, I'm walking into – I'm walking into it here. It You know, it, it felt too public, and uh, and that's what exactly what happened. Um, so hopefully uh, hopefully Creighton, who I have uh, – Let's be honest. I've bet against Creighton a bunch this year, so I don't. I don't feel great, but I got to. I gotta. I gotta stick to my guns of who I am, and this is the the ultimate spot. You know what these fine, high character young men from Stores, Connecticut, remind me of? <laughs> Remember when uh, when Bama got Cam Spencer, pride of Loyola, Maryland. Oh yeah, but when Bama when Bama had the four NFL receivers, Tua, and it was like. They could not make the line high enough. You just take first half game every single week. You went like, I don't know, 10 and 2. This is the closest I've ever felt to where it's like, I don't even really care what the number. Like, the only time I get scared is if like they're going to DePaul and it's like 28. But if it's anything single digits, I'm like, yeah, I'll take that all day. Well, they're nine and four since Christmas, ATS. So, yeah, yeah they have been, uh, they have been a covering machine. Um, they're the best. They're the we will, best. Yeah, it is. The uh, Georgetown game when when Hurley was yelling at them as they were up twenty five. That I mean, was unbelievable. Well, it is interesting because there was a point in time, yeah, when they were still when they before they left the AAC, it felt like Memphis and UConn were kind of at they were even, right? Like both were down from what they've historically been, and were on the come up with new coaches. And then you've seen UConn really take off since they went back to the Big East. And so that's obviously a factor that you can't replicate from Memphis's perspective. But it does seem like, you know, ultimately you see there there's been like a foundation laid. Like there's now like it feels like that, you know, as long as Dan Hurley's there, they're going to be rolling for a while. You know, Dan Hurley, I think, is not, and in college basketball circles, I think he is, but I think... Overall, he's not getting enough credit for just the phenomenal job that he's doing this year. Where, I mean, this is a team that lost the MOP from the Final Four in Adama Sanogo. Lost a was Jordan Hawkins lottery back end of the lottery. I thought he was so. a first round pick. Yeah, I know he was a first round pick. I thought he was lottery. Regardless, lost Jordan Hawkins. Uh, also lost Andre Jackson. You know, a, a physical freak. So you lost three of your top. I don't know five best players. 
And here they are. They're 23 and 2 or 24 and 2. They haven't, they've lost one conference game right before Christmas. And since then, they've just been bulldozing people. And they're, you know, Houston, I think that's a really good win um, last night for them. Yeah. The metrics love them. Uh, I get worried about, you know, what we've seen the past couple of years where they ran into, I believe it was Miami last year in the Sweet 16, who just was a, could get buckets and, and they ran into trouble there. But this Houston team is the real deal. You can trust them home and away. UConn, you can trust home and away. Purdue, eh, you know, you you, they, you, you say that, you could trust them, and then they go yeah, on the road I, to Ohio I, State and I, they I lose t- to a Bart, team that just fired their head coach. This team may be different. I'm going to pay to see it. <laughs> No, I, I I think Purdue. What about is, Arizona? Arizona's a team you, you, you got, decided you were like I got, a, I got Tommy, totally against in the NCAA tournament. Tommy Lloyd regular season, I'm fine, but I am telling you, in the tournament, I get the heebie-jeebies with him. He freaks out. Big spot on Thursday night for uh, for Arizona. Uh, revenge spot. They're playing Washington State. First time Washington State's been ranked in. A long, not as long as Indiana State, but uh, the old fresh, uh, new ranking smell. Uh, how about mm, Indiana yeah. State this past week? Oh yeah, ranked for the right first the time bat. since 1979. Bang, bang, two losses. Uh, so I yeah, think, it's, it's, I think one was also. Didn't they play on Monday night? Like the day the rankings came out, they played. Yeah, they played Illinois State on a yeah Monday or Tuesday, and. It wasn't I, even like twenty four hours to even enjoy yeah, it. I was like, "You got it. You got to fade that fresh, uh, fresh ranking smell." And sure enough, they lost outright as a seventeen and a half point favorite. Um, how about this stat though, which kind of I think encapsulates college basketball this year? So we have one instance of it tonight, and I don't think it'll happen. But top ten teams on the road against unranked teams, mm. just straight up. Not not talking point spread, just straight up. A top 10 team on the road against so is, the Is this in reference team. to tonight's Tennessee-Missouri game? Yeah, I don't think that's going to fall uh, fall to this record. I think it might help it. I don't know, Missouri could be due. 37 and 37. It's not great. 500. Well, it's really good, actually, for the underdogs. No, no, that's but, un- for the so, unranked team. For the team. unranked that's so teams. Yeah. wild. Here's my theory, and this is kind of why... I, I love those good kids at UConn so much. I think the I think UConn and Houston and I guess uh, Purdue to a certain degree, I think they're like so much better and then everybody else is just kind of the same. Like you know what I mean? Like you see North Carolina, they can go to Syracuse and get beat. I think like that that stretch between like I don't know, seven and 45, 50. I mean, really, you can include... Tennessee's a top-five team right now, and yeah. I'd put them in that group. But, like, we're talking about it this way, Tim. Who is there a number... Whoever gets the fourth number one seed, will you believe in that team? Whoever that team ends up being. Uh, I'm probably not going to believe in two of the, yeah. the one seeds. I mean, I just... I watched that Ohio State game, and there are moments this year, Ohio State-Purdue... There are moments this year where I just look at Zach Eady. I'm like, my God, that dude is unstoppable. But then I watched Ohio State, and I felt like they kind of – I mean, he still ended up with good numbers, but they kind of figured him out a little bit. They did the slap the ball. Whenever he turns to the basket, slap the ball. Yeah, and it's and you kind of get fr- him frustrated. But, no, I, I think overall 
I mean, look, I mean, Baylor's a four-point underdog tonight at, at BYU. Take the Mormons. I mean, BYU, talk about a brutal spot. Baylor was at West Virginia on Saturday, and now they're at Salt Lake City or Provo tonight. Like, I know you're flying private aviation, but still, that's that's a lot of travel for a couple of days there. Um yeah, I, I think it's going to be fascinating. Look, I, I, you know, I love the the Mountain West. I think it's a fascinating conference. Um, I'm you know, praying. I, I'm praying they get six teams in. Was it San Diego State who played Saturday? Saturday night it was like San Diego State. I can't remember. In maybe Nevada, New Mexico. No, New Mexico. That's right. And I was like, I think these are the two best teams in the league, and I cannot wait to fade both of them. I kind of like New Mexico potentially making a run just because they have really good guard play, um, but they don't have a ton of size, and uh, San Diego State bullied them a little bit down low. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I, I think Marquette is a team that I like, but last year they were a two seed and they got knocked out in the second round by Michigan State. I think it's going to be incredible. I didn't like what I saw in that UConn game from Marquette. Tyler Kolick is is. He's the engine for their team, and he can be absolutely incredible, first-team All-American, or he could play like he did on Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 